0: Hey y'all, just wanted to give a quick content warning for a brief one time mention of sexual assault, as well as a brief mention of transphobia during the episode. Exact timestamps will be included in the episode description.
1: O on oh
0: is so confused
2: (laughs) because there's another cat or because you're recording it this time of day
0: uh probably a combination of both in the fact that i clapped a little louder than normal
2: ah (laughs) that would do it
0: (laughs) yeah she was just like on the couch eating because we have an elderly cat um who like has to eat canned food because like she can't eat dry food very well anymore so, like, we try to give her canned food and make sure, like, the other cats aren't bothering her while that happens. But when she's done, it's basically just, like, okay, whoever wants the rest can have it. Mm-hmm. Um. So Muppet came up onto the couch and started eating the canned food. M- Muppet, you can't have that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um,
2: it has been... I've been trying to find a place locally that delivers, like, just canned ham. yeah. Because I have a pack, I have like a pack of noodles that I bought in bulk. As a, it's maybe instead of getting some fast food when I'm don't have energy to cook, maybe I can just make a pack of noodles, right? Yeah. Um. But the thing I would really like to do is to make a pack of noodles, and a can of ham. <laughs> and it's like there's cans of tuna flakes. Everybody fucking has t- cans of tuna flakes. But no one, no one has canned ham. Or, (laughs) or it's a single can of, like, 10 pounds of ham. Or whatever. It's like, it's like $120 uh, worth of ham. And it's like, this is for, like, 15 meals.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nobody's, who needs that much ham in a can?
2: Well, it's for, like, food preppers who go to the gym, right? Fair, fair. So... Because the, the thing is, this company also sells, like, a different can. It, it sells, like, several of these large fucking cans. And it's, like, if you buy this can, this can, and, th- like, this can of eggs, this can of, like, 200 eggs, and then this can of ham, and then this can of, like, protein shake liquid or whatever, and then you just kind of dump them all into a giant bowl. And it's, like, here's all your meals in, like, pseudo-shake form, or it's like, here's all your meals in, like, can form for the next, like, two weeks. <laughs> so the idea is you you literally just take... You just buy a can. You you buy, like, $200 worth of cans or $300 worth of cans every, like, month.
0: I guess that makes sense. I, I don't have that kind of money for ham. But, you know, for those that do... Ugh. <sighs> uh, just because I am, like, pretty sleep-deprived... We should probably get into the episode.
2: <laughs> Let's get into the episodes. We're almost, we're almost done. We're, are This we're, one.
0: Yeah, like ne- next week is, uh, last arc. Or not, fuck, wow, I really am sleep deprived. Last episodes of this arc, we, we are finishing the Bount Arcs next week. We're doing it, we're, we're, we've made it through. Just, Gonna just to- barely.
2: I'm gonna have to start reading the manga again.
0: Yeah, I know. That's gonna be crazy. I've missed that. Oh, you are listening to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast, now sponsored by Canned Ham. I'm your co-host, Senna.
2: And I'm your co-host, Sam.
0: Uh, We're gonna get right into it with episode 106, Life and Revenge, Ishida, the Ultimate Choice. Uh, Just as a disclaimer... Uh, I had a long day moving yesterday, and, like, I had to watch these episodes after that, uh, and I was already pretty exhausted. Um, I think it kind of shows, uh, probably halfway through (laughs) my, uh, my summary, because it's not, like, lazy, it's just, like, you can tell I was kind of done with it. (laughs) Um... But we start with the action continuing from last episode with a standoff between Rontau and Karia. The bout prepares to strike, but a sudden memory from his childhood emerges. Uh, so we flash back to Whittle Todd Wachawia as a woman explains to him that Rontau is from Soul Society and is there to help. He sits by a lake in the cavern and Rontau just like comes up to him and is like, Hello there, small child. It's wild you have powers, huh? Everyone's super hopeful for you. Do your best. We're on your side. It it was a really weird interaction, honestly.
2: Yeah, she's like, hello, child prodigy. How are you doing today on this day? But, you know, she is part of Soul Society's, like, technology department. So I bet she's also like, man, I wish I could take some notes on that guy. Yeah,
0: honestly uh karya narrates explaining that the bounce were left to build their city underground while soul society decided their fate and he was just a helpful little boy but alas it was not to last as the soul reapers attacked and it was basically a massacre uh karya sits alone in the caves as shinigami hunt him down uh but then Rontao finds him and they run
2: I want to point out that a lot of the Shinigami are running in and they've got like, they've got like these really long, like Jite, which is fine. It's like a, it's, it's a thing that like correctional officers in Japan would have. So it makes sense that the, that the Soul Society dudes have it, but some of them are are using pitchforks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like either one, there's zanpakuto turn into pitchforks or two, they got here and Picked up the pitchforks that some of these Bounce were using to like work on some crops or whatever underground, and then started stabbing people with the pitchforks.
0: I I really hope that somebody's like shikai is just like a pitchfork, pitchfork and their bankai is just like a full on angry mob. Like I think that would be really good.
2: I was gonna say it's like oh well maybe <laughs> they have a, they have a farming power you know. <laughs> They're like when I the the soil that I till with with this hoe it's just like really good for for potatoes
0: (laughs) why why don't we have like somebody in the 13 court guard like squads like why don't we have a squad like a 14th squad exclusively for like farming because all there's on
2: pacto are just farming tools because they would just put hanataro in it
0: (laughs) that's fair that's fair
2: (laughs) they'd be like go be with those (laughs) losers we don't want you here
0: god so, Karya sits alone in the caves, uh, he's being, like, hunted by Shinigami. Tao finds him, and they run off. Uh, she stops, like, she's carrying him on her back, and she puts him down, and she's like, hey, they're coming, I'll distract them, you need to escape. There are other bounts outside, like, you need to find them and stick with them. You'll be safer there. Uh, because, you know, everybody knows Soul Society's only gonna hunt down the bounce in this cave, um... She gives him a locket, explaining that it will draw out his power before telling him to hide and running off. Uh, according to Karya, that was the last time he had seen a Shinigami. Uh, it, it's kind of a throwaway line. I just took note of it because I was like, okay, that's interesting, I guess. Um, we, we cut to a little further in Karya's life. He's still a child, but now he's like wandering the desert with a group of bounce. Uh, and he explains that because the Bounce are humans with large amounts of spiritual pressure, they're, like, prime targets to frequent atta- uh, frequent attacks from hollows, uh, which makes sense. Like, I-, I-, I commend them for actually, like, thinking this through. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what I do think is very funny is this is how Karya got the scar on his chin. <laughs> Like, he just gets swiped at by a hollow, and he gets a cut on his chin, and that's where the scar came from.
2: (laughs) I mean, I like this a lot more than how he got his other defining feature, which I assume you're going to cover in a couple of seconds.
0: Oh yeah, big time. Uh, This, like, whole, like, bit where he's, like, running from hollows with this group and everybody's getting murdered, like, this just, like, furthered his hatred towards Soul Society, Um, and as he's about to be attacked again, he presses his hand to the locket and it like opens, not like a normal locket. It's like, it's like there are four triangles that, uh, just slide out to reveal like the middle part of it. Uh, like it looks neat. I like it, but it opens and a bright light emerges. Uh, and then he begins to float. His hair turns white. His eyes turn red and then the locket explodes, and a crest forms on his chest. He has become his fallen.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> he says here was like this was the first time he merged with a doll, and this entire time, I had assumed that Katia used the doll like like the other bounce, and then the whole thing with like the the whole thing in the human world was that he was also carrying like a fake doll with him or a fake like piece of silver that people thought was his activation thing for his doll. But he all, but he still had like a thing somewhere on his person. And then after the events with Yoshino, that's when he was started being able to like not need any piece of metal at all. But no, apparently this is just a thing that he had been doing since childhood.
0: Yeah. I mean, he just he has was-
2: been a special bounce since then.
0: He has just been a very special boy. Um, I, I think this would have been, because, like, the whole way he describes it as merging with the doll, uh, well, I understand that it was, like, definitely in part to the locket. Um, I, I think it would have been more interesting. Like, I, I feel like there's a bit of missed potential here where, like, maybe Karya could have absorbed other, like, bounce dolls and, like, gotten more powers. I think that could have been very interesting. But it, it, it's just this one.
2: Well, the fact that he says that it was the first time, like, I thought that they meant that it implied that he did, but they never showed any. And I'm like, do they mean when he was fighting Yoshino? Does, yeah. does that count as merging when he merged with the Jokai crest? Did that count as merging?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it's not explained very well. It's just kind of a one-off line, and it's not really mentioned again. Um... That he mentions that there had always been Bounce who, like, fought alongside dolls, uh, but after this point, he fought alongside them, and he, as an extremely powerful little boy, he felt they could confront the Soul Reapers and create a paradise for the Bounce. Uh turns out, though, Bounce, not the biggest fans of murderous little kids. Uh, and as he grew up, Karya felt he was, like, truly alone, uh, despite his decision to, like, stay with his comrades. Like, he's stuck with the group, but he felt like he was, like, the odd one out. Um, The Bounce, like, the elders of the Bounce, I guess, the council, I don't know, this society isn't really well thought out or explained. Uh, The Bounce decide to use the Quincy's to go to Soul Society, and Karya, who's, like, a little older now, uh, he's like, no, that's a stupid idea. Because, like, it just means we're, like, relying on the Soul Reapers still. We can create a paradise here in the human world. And the the other bouncer's just like, no, no, you don't understand. Our existence here, it's abnormal. We have to return to our original place, Soul Society. Uh, and Kari gets, like, dragged off, and we cut to the battle in the forest. You know, the famous battle?
2: With all the werewolves.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, literally, I literally wrote here, with werewolf bouts? And sword pot then? And a dragon? <laughs> it, anyway... The Shiningami won, killing most of the bouts, and Kaya was, like, injured or whatever, so he couldn't help, uh, but he's, like, standing in the aftermath of all of this, and he's like, I gave up on the weak bounce, but I refuse to forgive Soul Society. So, he decides to gather all the strong bouts, swearing to destroy Soul Society, and he, like, perfects the use of dolls, because they used to, like, manifest basically on accident, kind of like I, I, I kind of took this as, like, similar to, like, mutants in Marvel, where their powers just kind of manifest at a certain age or something, and, but it's, like, kind of random when
2: it happens. Yeah, well, that's how that's how it was for Bounce previously, and he, he does say that he, like, in his research, he also does a bunch of experiments, <laughs> and some of those experiments may have probably almost certainly killed a ton of Bounce. Yeah, no,
0: he, he is responsible for the death. Of a lot of Bounce because of these experiments. He also, like, mentions that he started classifying the Bounce based on their abilities, which, like, is interesting. I I do kind of wish we got more of this, but I don't really like it, if I'm being honest.
2: We've got type weak bitch, and we've got type (laughs) useful to be in my club.
0: You know, that's probably exactly his ranking system. Uh... Well, I I think Weak Bitch is is type cannon fodder, so, you know, it's- (laughs) that's just how it goes with Karya, I guess.
2: Well, he's got- he's got type, can't survive my experiments, type, survives my experiments, I will absolutely sacrifice this person at a moment's notice, and then type (laughs) can probably hang around with me for a while and help me accomplish my goals.
0: Until they die anyway. Exactly. Uh, so, he- Basically, as a result of these experiments, uh, many lives were lost, but in his mind, those people were weak uh, because the strong bounce survived, uh, and this furthered Karya's plans. In-, in the midst of all this, we cut back to the present, and Karya's amazed he had forgotten all about Rong Tao, like, with all of this. He- he's just like, wow, I know I-, I was acting pretty familiar with you, but I, I actually completely fucking forgot who you were. Uh, sorry about that. Anyway, I'm gonna kill you now, and I'm gonna turn everything into nothing. So, his arms get all windy, cause, you know, doll powers, and he prepares to kill, but Uru shows up just in the nick of time to save Rontao. Uh, she's, like, surprised to see him, obviously, cause, like, obviously he was, you know, bedridden before. Uh, but he, like, wastes no time. Fi- he just starts firing off shots at Karia. Um, apparently, between his time getting fucked up by Yoshi and laying down in bed, Uryu has mastered the use of his new artifact, surprising even Karia. He explains that it actually accumulates Reishi over time, even if the wielder doesn't do anything, and all Uryu has been doing is adjusting the outgoing power of the weapon, uh... Eventually, though, this method would fail, and the weapon would, like, randomly discharge, which we saw in the Yoshi fight, where it, like, fired a second shot without him doing anything. Um, he discovered, like, he thought about it more while he was in bed, I guess, uh, and it turns out the weapon can actually also be used as, like, an amplifier, so he's using it to adjust and control his reishi, and this way it, like, lessens the stress on the weapon, uh, I, I i was glad to have this explanation i do think it's a little silly that he just got out of bed and he's like yeah no i i figured it out i'm good now
2: yeah because effectively he like the new method of using it is he can still sort of control some spirit energy uh and the weapon kind of like lets him do that better but what he was doing is okay charge it up shoot the weapon charge it up shoot the weapon and now it's I'm not even going to use the energy reserves in the weapon like at all. He's just going to use the weapon to make his own stuff work. And then because the en- because the weapon is on its own charging up all the time anyway, it's just going to like whenever he shoots, it's going to take whatever's in there and shoot it out.
0: Yeah. Like I I do like this. I I I was really I Despite the fact that I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense with him having been, like, completely bedridden before, like, I- I do- I am glad we got him fighting again. I was really glad to see him fighting Karya, actually.
2: I mean, he got 20 minutes with Urihime, right? Like- Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's fair. Uh, we get the whole, like, why are you siding with Soul Reapers bit that we got with, like, Yoshi- Uh, and Uryu just kind of repeats the same answer of, I'm not allied with the Soul Reapers. I'm just trying to stop senseless fighting with more fighting. And then he brings up Yoshino, uh, and he's like, she knew your hatred would destroy the bounce too. And she understood that your plans were actually meaningless to the bounce. Uh, and he goes, it may be too late, but even if nobody else can, I will stop you. Uh, and then here in the summary in parentheses I have he's wrong um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> thank you past me uh, so we cue the fight sequence it looks all right like it's not like incredible by any means but like it looks pretty good.
2: I enjoyed it like they do they do a lot of really fun stuff but it it clearly feels like they're just like guys. Like, rest your wrists, because in the next two weeks, we've got a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, very clearly. Like, they're, they're very obviously building up to the climactic fight. Karya gets shot, like, a few times, but he fights back and he regenerates, because of course he does. Uh, but what's interesting here is Uryu's weapon starts, like, cracking. And he realizes that he has to bring down Karya, because his weapon's gonna break eventually. Like, it, it is... ...breaking over the course of this battle. He doesn't have a whole lot of time. Karya takes this as a challenge... ...and the fight continues as the weapon continues to break. Uh... Rontau holds a locket exactly like the one she gave Karya. Uh... ...and she opens it... ...gaining the immense power of the Jokai crest... ...and stabbing Karya. And she's like, hey... ...Uryu... ...shoot us both. It's the only way. You have to kill Karya. Right now. Uh... Yoda, of course, is like, uh, no, I, I'm not gonna do that. Like, you deserve to live, and also you look like Yoshino, so that's like extra hard for me, because I'm traumatized. Um, so I'm not gonna do that. But Rontao's like, no, you have to. So he does take the shot, but like, it, it sends them both flying, like, her and Karia, uh, and he catches Rontao after the blast, uh, and she's like, is still alive and he's like yeah i was holding back uh and basically he's like i'll inflict the final blow now uh but just when he's like preparing to fire off his shot uh house spiritual pressure because of like the immense energy of the jokai crest starts just going fucking ballistic like she's absorbed too much reishi and she will die if he doesn't do anything. I think he's like I think he straight up says her body will disintegrate.
2: Yeah, it's the same thing that happened to Ichigo Le, when he first fought the Menos Grande.
0: Yeah.
2: Where it's like, "Oh, she's unable to control her spirit pressure and if left alone, she's going to fucking die."
0: I I do really like that this is a callback to that. Like I I was really happy to see that it was a callback to that, uh, cuz it, it was a cool moment in season 1. Um, and it's, like, still a cool idea. Uh, Udyu makes the tough call to save Rontao by releasing her spiritual pressure using the artifact. Uh, what confused me here, and, like, you could make the argument that he was worried for, like, the destruction of, like, the Serete, uh... He fires it off into the sky?
2: He could've shot Katya!
0: He had a giant arrow! He could've just used it to, sh- to kill Katya! Yeah, that's what, exactly what I was thinking! I don't know why he didn't do that! Like, I... Okay. I, listeners, be, before... Because we're recording this, like, a little later than normal, like, we usually record on Sundays, we're recording on a Monday... Uh, as, as I was, like, letting Sam know, like, hey, I'm not gonna be able to make it on Sunday, we should record another day, uh, you, you texted me, and you said, the end of this first episode, you were doing so well, Sweaty, (laughs) and then said, I was just like, oh no, now I'm worried, and you just go, we'll get into it on the pod, T.M., Tm 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 tm. Is this what you were referring to? Because that's what I thought you were referring to after watching this.
2: So, three three things. The first, a positive. Uh, when she's like charging at Kariya, Rantao takes out her hairpin and she fucking stabs him with him, which is a thing like Victorian era. Uh, hairpins, a lot of- there were a lot of them that were designed to basically just be, like, really thin knives so that mm. women, like, walking in the street, if they were assaulted, they could, like, take it out of their hair and fucking stab a guy to death. Yeah. Uh, And, like, obviously, she's a soul reaper, so she's a lot more, like, Japanese-themed, but the- and I assume there was also similar things in, like, the eastern half of the globe- uh, at the time, but I just... I don't... I'm not aware. But I do know that, like, the Bount in general are, like, Victorian-ish in, like, a lot of their aesthetics. Yeah. So I thought it was, like, like a neat little thing that she has... She has that as a weapon. Because, like, you see her charging, and then when, after she's, like, up against him, suddenly her hair is down when it was up, like, previously and throughout the rest of the fight. Yeah. Because she took out her hairpin and she stabbed the motherfucker.
0: I... I thought this, that whole, like, little sequence was actually, like, really, really fucking sick. I really liked it.
2: The second thing is Uryu has a, like, they present Uryu with, like, you can either kill Karia and let Rentao die, or you can save her life and give him time to regenerate. And then he shoots with not enough power to kill Katia so Rentao doesn't die. Immediately, 30 seconds later, he's looking (laughs) at her and he gets presented the exact same choice again. You can either kill Katia or you can save (laughs) Rentao's life. Like,
0: I I do like
2: the (laughs) dilemma
0: here, but like, it's the fact, the decision he makes
2: is what's so baffling. Well, so already at this point, I'm like, you just, you're just you just doing the same you're just presenting him the same dilemma that he just answered what what are you doing but then they present him the the, the dilemma a second time so already the impact is like much less but also
0: it, it, it's the same dilemma it, except but it's not
2: has... a dilemma this time <laughs> yeah. it's just there's no reason for him not to shoot Gaia exactly and then it, he shoots it up into the air and it's like the most pathetic, sparking firework that we've ever seen in this show. (laughs) Like, like, okay, like, like I said,
0: you could make the argument that maybe, maybe he was like, okay, I don't want to blow the fuck up out of Saverte, you know, I don't want to do that. But on the other hand, Uriel is constantly saying he doesn't give a shit about Soul Reapers. He's not their ally. And on the other other hand, as far as we know, this entire district is completely abandoned.
2: Like the entirety of Soul, of Soul Society, whenever there's a fight, unless they, you need a child to be endangered. <laughs> you
0: can, you can literally rebuild the. You can rebuild the buildings with Reishi. It's not that hard. They do it all the time. Like it's fine. Just take the shot, you Just do it.
2: And then at this point. His, you know, his tool breaks and it disintegrates. And, and uh, like, I'm already, like, reeling from just the gall of having shown this exact choice, like, twice in the same minute. And then the second time just being much less interesting and just having, like, a baffling resolution. But then his in- the artifact disintegrates and his clothes change, despite them never having worked that way before.
0: <laughs> it, it literally is outfit like just fades off of him and suddenly he's just like in his school
2: clothes like the entire the entirety of Uriu's like out of combat character is that he's a guy who tailors shit and he loves his little capes and he brings himself a spare outfit to soul society when they go because he needs a spare outfit when the first one gets smudged and then he has to find. then he has to find a private place to change so he doesn't get embarrassed that Orihime staring at him. Like, that's that's like 90% of the char- the out of combat characterization that we've gotten for Uriyu So like to date in this show that wasn't like him talking about the current plot. And then they're like, yeah, but what if his clothes appear magically when he has powers?
0: I think it's really funny. Um I I I, I do recall hearing, and this is not to say that I believe Kubo is an excellent, like, author. Like, like I love his art. Like, I know we've gotten into this on the show. I don't think he's, like, an amazing writer, but we'll see how that changes over the course of the podcast. Um, But, from what I understand, Kubo fucking hates this arc. Like, he hates the Bound Arcs, and, like, I, I I could be wrong, but from what I understand, he took, like, a little bit more hands-on approach with, like, the rest of the major filler arcs after this, because he was so upset with what they were doing to his characters. And I just want to be, like, I just want to know what the meeting was like, where he was like, guys, you can't just make, Car- like, you can't just make Uryu's clothes disappear off him when his weapon disintegrates. I felt so much onto this character, you can't do that.
2: He's like, now half of the jokes won't work.
0: <laughs> oh my god. The, it, it is the most baffling ending. Um, basically, there, there's like just one more part. Uh, because the, the entire reason he makes this decision is because the anime writers told him to. Because Ichigo has to do this fight. It has to be Ichigo who kills Karya, of course. So... He he chooses to fire it off into the sky and not at Karya. The weapon crumbles. His power crumbles. Karya's pissed and is like, ha, you missed your shot. And he gets ready to kill them and then Ichigo shows up and the episode ends. That is it. That is the entire episode.
2: And I do, like, the... the um, Ku, Like, Kubo did sign off on this. He said, like, he read... He went over the scripts for all the episodes of the anime before they went live so he could sign up okay. on them. So he he did like green light the bounce. But yeah, I would not be surprised if there was some some interview or something where he was like actually not a fan of some of the things that they did in this.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's that's totally fair. Um I before we go into the post credits bit, uh I I just want to point out one thing because like it was such a throwaway line because you know Before the post-credits bit, they always do the, like, uh, narration of the next episode. Like, so they're like, Mm -hmm. hey, here's what's coming next time. Then fucking make a a transphobic joke in it. Like, I I don't know if you watched it or paid attention, but it it was, like, Cone describing the episode, like, his, like, decision to leave behind that, like, tavern or whatever. I already forgot what it is. With, like, the waitress that he was, like, in love with or whatever. And uh, I think it's, like, Ikaku. It's either Ikaku or whoever else is with them. Uh Who's like, oh, you know that waitress? Well, you know, she's actually a he. And that's, like, the joke. Because, like, you know, Cone makes, like, the... Like, the oh god noise, you know? And it's, like... it It, it would be... There's no way to remedy this except for not having it in it, but it's just like why? Why even do that?
2: Yeah, they clearly like went out of their way to include this.
0: It it it, it just like it caught me off guard and I was really upset about it. Like I I wasn't like fuming, it was just like okay, bleach. Okay. You know, it was just disappointment. And uh, uh, we're going to get into the post-credits bit. I don't think it fares much better. It's not transphobic, but it's not a good joke.
2: (laughs) It's barely a joke. I mean, here we go. You've got Hisagi and Kira. They're standing guard at the gate. And they're talking about, like, rethinking their security systems because the bouncer got through all of them without (laughs) any resistance. And someone shows up and they're like, hey, we arrested a suspicious individual. And the suspicious individual is Khan cut to black that's it like there's no extra joke they're just like oh it's this guy
0: i think the joke was their defenses that that must have been the actual joke and it just wasn't funny
2: yeah
0: i, I don't know the, let's like, just cut the break and i'll just yeah yeah let's cut the break
2: Uh, let's get back into it with episode 107, "The Swung Down Edge," the moment of ruin. Ichigo asks Rantau and Yashida how hurt they are, and asks Ishida to take her to safety while he fights Karia, immediately activating his Bankai. They fight, and we <laughs> we get like some really cool shots of them like running down a wall, Ichigo getting punched through a punched through a building, shooting off a blast that like obliterates several houses. Like,
0: <laughs> there's like. One specific shot here that, like, I like, it stood out to me as looking really bad, actually. Um, because like a a lot of this fight does look pretty cool, but like it's the shot where like the camera is like rotating as Karya's, is like running down a wall. What makes this, but what makes this shot look fucking terrible to me is that the entire background is just bright white light there's no background so it just ends up looking like complete shit to me
2: it's very goofy this entire <laughs> this entire episode is there like a lot the choreography of this fight is really cool and, and pretty interesting and once again it feels a little more like we're watching a naruto fight than a, yeah uh, than a bleach fight although this time it's more of like a naruto shibuden fight instead of a instead of like classic naruto yeah But at the same time, it also feels like the animator, like the the animation director, was punching above his weight a little bit because it feels like his animation team can't, like can't, like keep up and make it look good. Uh, It looks okay, you know, it's not terrible, but there's there's better examples. There's cooler fights in this season.
0: It's it's clearly a filler fight. Still, like it, it, like. We're building up to the climax, but this is not it yet.
2: Yeah, I prefer this to several of the other fights, though. Like, it still looks pretty cool. Yeah, Uh, I I enjoyed it. It's also incredibly fucking hilarious that Ichigo is causing more damage than Kariya is at this point. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Uh, While the fight is happening, Orihime and Chad meet up with Ishida. Uh, We get a whole moment where they're like, I thought when your tool broke, it was going to fucking explode. And he explains, like, well, I'm not filling it up with power. It didn't break because it was fil- it was filled with power and malfunctioning. I've been, like, draining it every time I used it. So it broke and there was nothing inside to explode. End of story. We <laughs> we dealt with that plot point. Next. Uh, <laughs> Hitsugaya and Rakiku also show up and they're determined. They're like, we can't let Ichigo take this burden on alone. Because, you know they're part of the soul society faction who are like it's kind of fucked up that this outsider has to keep cleaning our messes
0: yeah it's true um this particular shot of the entire group here like meeting up incredibly fucking goofy like i particularly like like is this where they meet up with like the the mod souls and everyone yes okay so Kuroto's face is, is particularly what stands out to me here it's just very funny I I really liked it
2: and then like as su- so asuras are as like we can't let ichigo like take this on alone. we have to we have to get in there and help him Rannta like up, 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 up.
3: <laughs>
2: this is the final fight of a, of a bleach arc I can't let you interfere with Ichigo's fight no there <laughs> are plot reasons why no one can go help him. <laughs>
0: Important plot reasons. <laughs>
2: so she ex- she explains that like I mean the Jokai Crest inside of Kadi is like it could explode, but it's not like a real problem. Uh, Jokai Crest just means the old super generators we used to use, but one day one of them exploded and it blew up like a tenth of the Serete. You know, small potatoes. <laughs> uh, so the leaders of the Serete at the time sealed. All of them. Like, all the remaining ones. And since no one's, like, really done maintenance on them, mostly because no one fucking knows they exist anymore, uh, if Katia's one explodes, that one probably wouldn't be that much of a problem. But if it explodes, it'll set off a chain reaction that all the other ones are also going to explode. So it's like, we just need to seal all of them before his explodes. Here's a map, here's notes, um... No need for the only captain, the only captain around to like involve himself in the fight. Just, just go. <laughs> and Pizza guy is like, Ugh, <laughs> "Fine, we have to go seal the crest. Give this information to the other captains." Thought I was gonna get a fight this this arc. <laughs>
0: it it really is that. Um, I do appreciate that it does give the rest of the characters something to do, but because there's two episodes left in this arc after this, you know most of it's gonna take place off screen, and they're just gonna be like, "Hey, we did the thing," <laughs> but like on top of that, it. I don't know. I, I I was gonna make a joke about how you said coped it, and I'm like, no, that's actually accurate. They're all cops here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, during this time we we do it's like interspersed with scenes of Ichigo and Kadia like running up the stairs to get to the execution grounds, which I thought was really hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they basically they end up there, they start fighting again, Orihime's like Meanwhile, we've gotta go help Ichigo! <laughs> and her, Shida and Chad are like, yeah, we're gonna go help ich- Ichigo.
0: It's the classic bit of, oh yes, we are the side characters, it's time to go help Ichigo.
2: Yeah, it just, you know, I feel like Orihime in particular could have like maybe done something, I don't know, with like the ceiling of the crest, who knows. But it just feels weird for them to be like, well, I guess we're not participating in that thing, what if we spend the next two episodes running towards the fight?
0: I just, I what I'm really hoping for here is we get the classic Bleach bit of them like, running towards the fight and then they get there and their idea of helping Ichigo is standing on the sidelines and watching and exclaiming whenever he gets hurt.
2: Yes, that is <laughs> that is what I'm expecting at this point. <laughs> Once we we cut back to Ichigo and Cadia uh, like fighting at the execution grounds, Maki comes out of the woods because it has been a couple of days since he fought Zoraki. Uh, he is clearly dying still. <laughs> And I assumed like, he was dead <laughs> I also assumed he was dead I was pretty sure that that uh, Zaraki looked down at him and he was like well guess he's dead <laughs> and Yachiru like looked at him was like well guess he fucking died and then bowed and left
0: uh, see like the thing that gets me here is you know of all the captains I would assume Kenpachi probably knows when a guy's dead probably
2: well I mean he didn't know Ichigo wasn't dead right
0: I guess that's true <laughs>
2: we've we've got precedence in the in Bleach Canon that shows that zaraki he he looks at someone that he just sliced and he was like well they're not moving. I guess they're dead Time to Foresha-
0: foreshadowing Thank you bleach.
2: oh no see it's it's very simple it's it's either they're dead and they can't bother him or they're not dead and they'll come back stronger and he'll get another great fight. Oh, you're right, you're right. Okay,
0: no, this is on point for Zoraki, actually.
2: It all makes sense. At the library, Hitsugaya gives Ukitake and Kyoraku the notes, and they're like, Well, guess we spent a ho- <laughs> we spent an all-nighter researching this shit for nothing. Thanks.
0: <laughs> it really is just that. It's I, really I, funny.
2: We will need to make ourselves actually useful now, and they're like, okay. We need we in order to do this and save Soul Society. We need to mobilize literally every available captain, vice captain, and high-ranking lieutenants. No one go help Ichigo. It's fine. He's got this. <laughs> Ichigo's got this one, guys. It's fine. Over at the Kuchiki estate, people are talking about maybe they need to evacuate, and also that like that Ichigo boy is sure fighting on the execution hill alone. And <laughs> Rukia wakes up, just like wait, what? <laughs> what, what are you saying?
0: I forgot Rukia was in this arc. I'm going to be honest.
2: <laughs> Back at the battle, Maki asks Karia uh, where the rest of the bount are, and he says they all died. He then fights Ichigo for a little bit, and then turns his blade to Karia. Like he flash steps behind him with his blade at his neck. And he's like, Alright, I was on your side because I saw a lot of my captain in you, but fighting Kazoraki made me remember. The whole reason I was with my captain was because I wanted to change things from the inside. And there's no point doing that if we just blow them all the fuck up. (laughs) So, all right. you clearly have the power to rebuild the Serete. And, you know, I'll kneel for you if you say you will. If you say that's what you're going to do. But uh, if it's just revenge, fuck off. Everyone's dead, and I'll stop you myself.
0: I... So, first off, here I was, like... I, I know it would have killed the pacing, but I was really hoping for a bit, like, just a kind of funny bit where, like, Maki was just like, Yoshi? Dead. Mabashi? Dead. Koga? was super dead. <laughs> just, you know, like, shit like that. That would have been funny. I, I, I know it wouldn't have fit in. I really wish it had been in there. <laughs> but, um, it's, what got me here is, like, earlier on, it made sense to me for Maki to have like seen his captain in Karia somehow. But like, when it gets to this point and how things have gotten uh and just like this whole plan of blowing the fuck up out of Serite, like
2: Now, in fairness in fairness, Maki hasn't been around Kadia for that entire portion of his plan. This is true. All my he did say I'm going to go get something that has the power to blow the fu- to blow the city up. But maybe he was like Koga and was like, maybe he's not going to use it. He's just going to use it as a turret, I guess. Hey, maybe, the, super, maybe. Th-
0: the super evil guy who's like very clearly evil and has been murderous since he was a little child.
2: What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Organs start playing whenever he starts talking about himself, and there's, like, a weird voice that keeps whispering evil in the air. How could he possibly be untrustworthy?
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure we can trust this guy with a nuke. I'm sure it's fine. Christ.
2: During this entire time, though, Kadia is extremely bored, like, he's, like, stretching his neck, he's stretching his fingers, like... He he's basically putting himself into position to use his wind on Maki. So he's like preparing himself to like use his powers. But the way it looks is it looks like he's just so over this conversation and he's <laughs> really fucking bored.
0: It's really funny.
2: <laughs> and then eventually he just turns and kills Maki and he's like Thanks, because I stayed there and I listened to you talk, I've had time to control the Jokai crest in my body. Like, I've remember this whole thing about how it would take him a while to, like, take control? Yeah, Maki just gave that to him with his monologue.
0: I, I, literally, as Maki was, like, flying in the air with his, like, death animation, like, just out loud, I'm sitting here going, oh no, not Maki! (laughs) Oh, no!
2: No, come back. Stop. (laughs) Not him. (laughs) Uh, Ichigo is incredibly pissed, and Katia's like, Buddy, for the fifth time, they aren't comrades. They're they're disposable pawns for my goals. How many times do I have to tell you? Literally every time we meet, I've told you this.
0: (laughs) I... (laughs) What 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 got me here, and, like, I, I haven't paid attention to it in the past, but, like, this time, I was just like, you know what, I need to listen to, a- like, actually, like, the voice line in, of what Ichiko is saying. And he specifically does refer to, like, Karya's comrades as Nakama, uh, which, you know, it, it, it's, it's the thing where it's, like, comrades who are, like, family, and Karya's like, what gave you that idea, my guy? <laughs> like...
2: He's like, I told you that's wrong. Ryo told you that's wrong. Literally every bout to- keep telling you that's not how this works. That's not who we are. And he's I- like, but, but group.
0: You just like, buddy, I'm, I'm a protagonist in a shonen anime. I have to believe in my Nakama. Like, please. God. It's, it's an interaction to be sure.
2: We get elsewhere where Rukia is, like, stumbling out of her house to go towards the battle and is intercepted by Renji, who is like, I have no fucking clue where my captain is. And at this point, I just figured I'd make a house call to go ask him what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> uh, which is really great because we did get a Soul Society-wide message of, like, like, just messages being sent to all vice-captains and captains and high-ranking lieutenants. We need your help to seal the Jokai crest. Everyone, all hands on deck. We did get that earlier. We did get that. <laughs> and, like, it flashed to several, like, captains vice-captains to be like, oh, they're hearing this message. <laughs> I guess when his sword broke, he also broke his hell butterfly. I don't fucking know.
0: Who, who knows, like... It doesn't red. need to make sense, I guess.
2: Renji's just leaving them on red. He's like, listen, I let Hitsugaya boss me around a little bit, because that kid is kind of cool. But right now, I'm only taking orders from my captain and no one else.
0: He looks at his, like, soul pager, and it's like, in bright, flashing red text, it just says urgent message. And he's like, oh, I'm sure it's fine.
2: How do I, how do I get this message? <laughs> <laughs> Ruki is not here, so I don't know how to access the message on my pager.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
2: <coughs> and, and the... Uh, blah, blah. There is one final thing that happens with uh, Kadia, which is he summons his doll, finally, for the first time in the show. Messer. And, <laughs> and he summons a giant tornado, and one of his forearms turns to, like, a big metal thing with a wind sword coming out of it. And him and Ichigo face off. And the post credit scene is... They brought Khan to the 10th Company barracks and he daydreams about girls and then everyone's gone because they have to go seal the fucking crests. So Khan is alone again. The end. That's the joke. The joke is just no one fucking likes him.
0: (laughs) Ha. That that, that was my single pity laugh. Um, I First of all Lost my shit upon learning Karia's doll's name was Messer. I, I think it's an extremely silly name. I don't I don't know if it means anything. Oh, it is just German for knife. I am finding out.
2: Yeah, uh, that's why he, that's why he cuts things. It's a it's like a wind knife.
0: Yeah. Um. It it essentially looks like his arm turns into like steel, like Colossus from X Men. Uh, and then it, it, like, forms into... A
2: keyblade. It, yeah, it turns a key... into a keyblade.
0: It's a keyblade, but with the hilt of, like, an energy sword from Halo.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's like, it's, if you had the energy sword in of Halo, and, like, the rounded part was made of metal, and then the blade part was made of wind. Yes. That's his doll. That's his weapon. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> it is, it is it,
0: very silly.
2: It looks absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the episode.
0: That it, that is the episode. Um, uh, like okay, it, my my honest thoughts here are that I think the first episode this week, like I think it had some really strong moments in it. Uh, but the ending just kind of fucking ruins it all.
2: Yeah, like I really liked the the first episode. I like. I have a lot to say of things that I don't like about the ending, but it's because I thought the rest of the episode was really cool and had a lot of good stuff. I don't really care much for the background, for the flashback, because just, Kaudi is like, just so boring. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, overall, great, like, fun episode. Yeah, a, like... A much better episode than what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, same. Like, I... I agree with you. I think Karya's fucking boring as shit. I do, however, think it's it's fucking hilarious that he's just been a murder baby this entire time. Like, I, I think that's fucking funny. Uh, this second episode, I, it's kind of nothing. Like, it, it's just build up to the final fight and, like, explaining why the other characters aren't helping. Uh, and, like, that, while they the, some of the fight scenes are fun, and flashy like it's just not interesting
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's mostly a nothing episode and it's like well okay i see we like i get it we get uh we want ichigo to be the one to have the big confrontation so we're setting up i feel i feel like we're going to get byakuya in here somewhere because he hasn't shown up I, like they haven't explicitly said hey here's why byakuya is not participating in the fight
0: I I'm not going to say a word, like I I'm not going to spoil that for you. Uh, I I like I am excited for you to see the next episode because if if what I remember is correct, oh boy, we're we're in for something. We're in for an episode. Um, but that all being said, uh, next week is the finale of the Bountarchs. Uh, we we did open up, you know, we, we brought back the email. I mean, it never went anywhere. I just have stopped mentioning it, uh, like, except for, like, finale stuff. Uh, but if you want to send any questions or, like, comments on the season or anything, really, like, feel free to email us at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. Like, we, we will probably read it on the show. Like, uh, we have one already, uh, you have until Sunday, uh, that, that is the 10th. Sunday the 10th at approximately like 12 p.m. PST is when we start recording. So you have until then. Um, But as always, you can find the show on Twitter at BleachCast, and you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Pause,
2: And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. You can also just send us emails that's like, a reaction to the final Smash character that gets unveiled tomorrow.
0: Yeah, honestly, like, go for it. Live your dream. Have fun. Uh, it does not have- I, I'm gonna be real. J- just for the fuck of it. You're, whatever you send in doesn't have to be about Bleach. It does not have to be about this. Like, we're, we're probably gonna be talking about the season like, both uh, seasons 4 and 5 as a whole, because we like we did not do that last season just because like the Bount, and I believe this arc is called The Assault. Uh, just, like, they are interconnected. They are essentially one big season. Uh, so, we're, we're going to be describing it, well, not describing it, we're going to be discussing it as a whole, and kind of, you know, figuring out what we liked, what we didn't, you know, that whole sort of thing. Uh, so, might be longer, might not be all that much longer, because, you know, we say that a lot, and then suddenly it's like, oh, wait, we only have, like, ten minutes of shit to say about this, so, you know whatever, but, you know, send us whatever. We'll we'll get to it. I hope y'all have a great week. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Chats.
2: Remember, my friend, that knowledge is stronger than memory, and we should not trust the weaker.
0: Okay, Karia. Thanks. Thank you.
3: i